0: Well, Hi everyone and welcome to the Effective Teaching Podcast. I'm your host Dan Jackson. I have just resigned from being Deputy Principal in order to focus on helping teachers around the world improve their skills in this beautiful art or this craft of teaching. I am a passionate teacher and if you are too come and connect with me on social media. My handle is at Dan Jackson TPD. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook with uh, Twitter and Instagram with that uh, handle or you can come and just find Teachers PD on Facebook. I would love to connect with you. I have groups on Facebook as well that you're welcome to come and join including the Effective Teaching Podcast community. Come and connect with me. I would love to help you to continue to improve and impact your students. Well today is episode 75 and we're looking at some Four basic steps that can really help you to engage your students in your classroom and make sure that they are learning. Now, I'm gonna start by saying up front, it's not about having fun lessons, right? That can be part of engagement, but there's more to engagement than just having something that's fun. So the first point I wanna mention is that you need to know your learners. You need to know your students who are in front of you. Do you know their levels of understanding? Do you know their interests? Because they are really important for when you're trying to engage your students in your classroom. You need to bring in those interests and connect them for your students. And you need to know where they're at and meet them at the point at which they are and tell them what's next and progress them forward just one step, right? You don't need to tell them to move forward six steps. Just go, your next step is this and let's work on that. And then when they get there, celebrate it, that kind of stuff. The next point, is that you want to hook your students into your lessons. Now, a hook point, it's really, you know, the first three seconds in any lesson matters. And if you think about that, I want you to think through what currently happens in the first three seconds in your classroom. And that could be, you know, I've taught at schools where the first chunk of time in the classroom is students walking in quietly, standing behind their chairs, marking a roll, sitting down. Uh, or it could be, Kids slowly coming in, bits and pieces, your pack getting stuff out, setting up, and it's taking a while. That could be the first five minutes even of your lesson, and your students haven't started doing anything. So, your hook is about as your students come into your classroom, how will you start your lesson, right? And have them get hooked into learning right from the beginning. Now, provocations work really well for this, and a provocation is basically just Anything that provokes a response from your students that connects to the learning that's about to happen. Okay, so it could be an interesting image. You could do like a a, a see, think, wonder type thing, or you might have questions that can't really be answered easily, that you start, okay, as you enter the room, on the board you've written a question and you want the students to get in pairs and discuss their answers to that question and what they can come up with, and then pairs should get together and discuss it in fours. That will then give you time to set everything up, but it gets your students engaged and hooked into learning straight away. You could have a video clip that the students are going to watch as they come in. You could have a quote that's up there that's inspiring or something that's going to draw your students into what they're about to do. Okay, particularly if you're looking at you know for English, if they're looking at a novel, you know, or poetry or something. If you pull something out of that that is inspirational or that just is provokes a response, right? And then start by getting the response to that, and then go okay go back to the beginning, go through the the scene, whatever is in the novel or the whole poem that you're looking at to lay it all out and have them then come to some kind of end point with what you're doing, right? But this idea of a provocation that gets your students interested and curious about what's going on in your classroom. You can also be creative here with your point. So I remember entering my classroom, then I would have to enter it through this tunnel that would wind, you know, went for like five meters through the classroom, and I had to go through this tunnel because we were studying mountains or something at the time, and so it was like you were going into a mine or something like that. Uh, and it, I just I remember that as you entered the classroom, you were you, know, you remembered what you were about to learn, right? And it's setting things up, you could you know, have things set up in your classroom so that when your students open your door, suddenly like oh my goodness, like I've just entered not necessarily a new world, but yeah, you know, they've entered something that's interesting for them and then they're going to actually look around and go, what's going on sir or what's going on miss? And you can go, "Right, this is what we're doing, get stuck into this. I want you to see what you can find. Find, You you could even just have, I remember doing lessons where I just had uh, particular pieces or questions maybe written out on um, pieces of paper. I told them as they entered, quietly walk around the room with a pen. You have to make comments and ask each other's questions, answer each other's questions, but you can't talk to each other for the first little while. And then I would go through what they wrote and have a look at what they'd written and respond to what was coming out, right? That's, that's, a, that's a visible thinking kind of routine. Uh, you can also play a new game, maybe, or you're gonna play a related game. So if you're studying finances and stuff, you might say, All right, guys, come in, we're gonna play Monopoly, right? They come in, they play Monopoly, and then you're gonna talk about finances and all that kind of stuff uh, and how it might impact, you know, and you can draw things out of that game. Uh, or it could even be just putting them into a scene. Maybe they're going to walk into your classroom and there's like, you know, clothes for them to put on to get ready for a scene to act or uh, maybe you've just got uh, something that's set up that just is drawing their eyes and engaging them right from the beginning of your lesson. And I think that is really important to hook your students in at the beginning for their engagement. Right? You don't want to waste time allowing students to get distracted for you to then have to draw them back in. Okay, as they come into your classroom, engage them straight away. And the point three is the story. Okay, humans generally are built for story. As people tell stories or they tell narrative, it draws people in. Particularly if you can build suspense and drama around that, and that's yeah, you know, that's why the film industry and why novels and stuff. That's why they're such big business. Okay, because the human. Spirit, I guess, is it? It's built for that. We're built for being part of a story. We love hearing stories, uh, and so you can get stories into your lesson from here. Uh, and you want to build upon your hook with your story. So connect the story to you, or better yet, connect it to your students. Right? Find a story that relates directly to them, and particularly if you know. A student and something that might be, ha- may have happened in the background, you can maybe draw upon that without specific reference to the student as part of your story. I mean, this is really easy for my subject area, PDHPE, uh, particularly when you're looking at, you know, uh, students making healthy, active choices, like choices uh, that influence their life. And you go, okay, and you just start telling a story, setting up a scene, and then, you know, give them choices. And you could build out this whole narrative process based on, kind of a choose your own adventure thing with your students. Uh, you can help to make this authentic for your students, make it connect to the real world and build the drama, build the suspense. Whenever there's things that are starting to go wrong, you know, start to lay out a bit more, de- a few more details in your stories uh, and use your stories to teach part of your point that you're going to be addressing throughout that day. The other thing you can do with your stories as well is to really think about how it can link into why they're learning what they're learning in that lesson that day. So if you can have a story that shows someone making a really poor decision that impacted their life uh, and then go, okay, well, today we're learning about why that decision was bad and how to make good decisions, whatever, right? But have something that might even link into the why for their learning. And the last point, the step four for having an engaged classroom is your activity, right? So providing the next steps here for your students from the story and make sure that these activities are differentiated and this is really where knowing your students comes into its own because when you're differentiating here, if you can make differentiation really easy by allowing students to have voice and choice in what they choose to do, how they choose to do it, uh, what they end up producing, that kind of stuff. Uh, you can also allow different speeds of learning. Uh, so if you were listening to the book club episode from Wednesday this week, it talked about how you can flip your classroom and it'll use a mastery approach in that that allows your students to progress at their own pace. You could use something like that in here for differentiation. But you just want something that allows students to go deeper. Maybe they can get through this bit faster and then they do this activity. But having that set up well is good. Uh, set challenges for your students as formative assessments. So don't just go, oh, I'm just going to check what you know. Go, Hey guys, I have a challenge for you. Can you do this? Can you find out this? and if you present it as a challenge, you tend to get better engagement. You can also set up learning activities that the collaboration activities where the students are working together. Now when you do that, you need to do that well, right, so you need to actually talk about how to do collaboration, who's doing what, making sure the activity is hard so that you can't just have one student do it really easily and the other ones bludge, right, you need to make sure that collaboration is there, you can have practical activities Or you can make things that are creative and the students can work together to create something, right? Now, one thing I do want to warn you about, I guess, is people think that that by gamifying their classroom, it's increasing engagement. Now, generally what I find is that if you gamify something and it is competition-based, it generally might start well, but it's not going to end well. Generally, at the end, someone wins, someone loses, or lots of people lose, and it disengages students from future activities, because if they are constantly losing, and particularly students who are constantly winning, then you're setting it up so that your students can easily compare themselves to each other, and that is actually a massive negative motivator for students, whereas if you make it harder for them to compare compare against each other, but make it more beneficial for them to work together or more beneficial for them to focus on their progress in learning, or you want to set up so that maybe everyone can actually achieve the goal if they work hard, right? So I I remember being in a school where they used to give out sports awards, but they didn't give out a, you know, you're the top sports person and you're the second top sports person. They had a point system. So you would get a gold um, sports award if you earn a certain amount of points, and there was a point system for how many sports you participated in or won, and all that kind of stuff. And so you could earn points. And that would all, so there could be you know, 20 students that would get a gold, or there could be 40 students who got a silver. And so, yes, there is still within that a sense where they can compare against each other, but it also was set up so that lots of people could succeed and win. And it wasn't a competition of, I've got to beat you. It was actually a competition of, I'm working to achieve the next level, which is slightly different. It's actually the way that games are created where you are looking to get to the next level the next level and the next level. You're not always comparing yourself against the person who's next to you and whether or not you can beat them. Well, let me give you a very quick summary of this episode. So you wanna meet your students where they are at. You need to know who they are, their interests, what they already know and build from there. You want to hook them into your lessons right at the beginning. Do not waste time. Okay. Tell a story, get them engaged through narrative, through you know, your own personal story or a story that connects with them. And link. make sure that story links into the learning. Don't just have a story for the sake of a story, link it into the learning that's happening in your classroom. And provide a great activity for your students that really engages and is authentic for them. And the better you can differentiate that activity, the more engaged your students will be. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. This is episode 75. So if you would like the show notes, you can head over to teacherspd.net slash 75 to have a look at the show notes. You'll see the transcript there as well. Make sure you also subscribe to the podcast because next week, it's all about developing rapport with your students. And I hope that you come and listen to me then. Thank you so much.